Uh, let's get this show on the road, Martin. Let's no. do it. We're recording. Right. You don't want to record? Let's Fine. do it. Podcast no. over. Canceled. All right. We're through. I changed my mind. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you got me on Google Maps right now because I want to know how far it is from like California to Hawaii. Yeah. So I'm going to put Hawaii in here and let's just use San Francisco. It doesn't tell me the miles. It just gives me a flight. That's annoying. Really? Yeah. How about if I just Google it? Make it, make it walking Francis. instead of flying. Oh, like scuba diving? Or diving? Yeah. Scuba diving. If you scuba dive all the way there. 2,336 miles. That's a yeah, lot. That's like ridiculously that's far. That's much farther than I internally thought of it as. I just never pictured it. Because if, rem- if I remember correctly, the distance across the U.S. is like 2,700 miles. Oh, yeah. That's so way it's like, farther than I thought. It's now, like but... another United States away, which is pretty crazy. But then again, we also have like Guam and the Solomon Islands and a bunch of other little tiny things that I wouldn't be able to find. Yeah. If I just like spent time looking. We have a bunch of tiny little islands. It's insane. Anyway, huh. you and I don't have islands, but what we do have yet. is some questions. Yeah, you're right. Yet. I should say yet. Um, actually, on that note, my friend Joel Runyon, who is the guy that I stole the impossible list idea from, he has on his impossible list to buy an island at some point huh. and even made like a full like website landing page for the impossible island project. I'm not sure if that ever went anywhere, but I will give him major props. If he ever buys an island personally, I'm not sure that I actually want to do that. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of like lawn to mow yeah. or something. That's what you do with your island. You mow the lawn. <laughs> you mow the lawn on your you island. You really know yeah. how to kick back. And you build a secret layer and lab and some robots and you get some cool volcano walls that hide your secret layer. And, and you have giant orange troll hair. Yes. Yeah. And you can fly around. Yeah. Perfect. Well, actually, he was a pretty lame villain, but we have some lamer villains who sent us some questions this week and uh, we are down to the top three on this list that we've been going through. So get ready for the worst of the worst, Martin. I'm ready. <laughs> I was born ready. Uh, so the first question comes from Gin Genie. Gin the alcohol? I think do they, so. Do they just drink gin? This is an X-Force It's not a superpower. Person, so kind of like a mutant in the X-Men. Okay, so she's got this awesome power whereby she can create these seismic shockwaves equal to the amount of alcohol in her system, and she cries a lot. <laughs> so she gets really sad and drunk. So and she's she just like things as with earthquakes. <laughs> gets drunk and creates earthquakes by being drunk. Brilliant. Huh. I think like I'm a sad alcoholic because it's what I need to do to save this planet. I knew some people in college who really wanted to go work for Marvel. But if this is the job, like you gotta come into work on Monday morning, they're like, oh my god, I have to make up like sixteen more superheroes by the end of this week. Yeah. Uh, all right. This girl gets drunk and makes earthquakes. No, you know, honestly, this this one's pretty interesting. I kind of want to see. You think so? I want to read something. X Force number one sixteen. I want to read it. it. Looks like you can. Uh, oh, oh, I wonder if that's part of Marvel Unlimited. I'm not sure, but I'm looking it up here on Comic Vine. You can probably see some screen caps from it if you really want to. I kind of want to. I kind of do. But we're gonna get to this question. It's weird. So the question is, I'm a senior in high school. Whoa, now. This is a little illegal. 
So Jin Jeannie is a senior in high school. And what she wants to know is, should I build a personal website now? Because I have a lot of achievements I could show off, but I'm not yet ready for the job market. Now, this is something that I actually got asked by another student pretty recently. And the short answer is, if it was me, I would build one in high school. Yes. Is it 100% necessary? I think it scales up to being much more necessary the closer you get to the job market. But what I do think is very necessary is that you go out and reserve your domain name as yep. soon as you can. So yep. if you can get like firstnamelastname.com, like if I could have gotten thomasfrank.com, I would have snapped that up in a heartbeat. Unfortunately, some German photographer had that before uh, I was yep. even like on the internet because he's older than me. What are you going to do? Same so I got thomasjfrank.com and you got mpbay.me. I got, got, got martinbay.me because martinbaymy.com was taken yep. by a different German guy. What's up with these German guys These're stealing German guys our names? Stealing our... Ugh, uh, come on, man. What are you going to do? Look, if you're German and you stole my name, fair play. Yeah. I, I can't really say anything he's to old, you. He's he older had than me. He's older. He had it first. Apparently, there are several well-known Thomas Franks there's the Thomas Frank, who's the political writer, and he just published a book recently. And because of that, and because he has no Twitter, I keep getting tweets from angry people. Everybody who thinks are like, you're the your politics writer. are stupid. Like, don't you know that Hillary and this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, look at my Twitter profile picture. Does this look like the man who writes political books? No. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, there's that. And then there's uh, a Danish football manager. Oh, which I guess we would call soccer here, not to confuse people. But yeah, so I compete with those two people. And as a result, I have thomasjfrank.com. You know, but as time goes on and as people get named, you know, more and more similar names, there's going to be more and more people out there with your name, especially if your name happens to be Khaleesi, because that's apparently one of the most common names this year. Ooh, nerds. Bunch of nerds. not even a real name. Having kids. But yeah, I mean... It's it's up for grabs, and you know once it's taken, it's taken unless it expires, and a smart person won't let their name domain expire because that's a very important domain. So, if you're not going to build a website now, at least go out and get your domain. Now, in my personal website guide, I just have people grab their domain along with their hosting, and HostGator's the hosting company I use. Uh, you could do that. You could even use their own like their registration system. But personally, if I'm just going to go buy a domain name, I usually use Namecheap. And I use Namecheap because I like them better than GoDaddy. Uh, I've heard that yeah. Hover is also very good, but I haven't used Hover simply because I don't want to have a bunch of different sites where I have my domains. I want to have one place. I already have two. And if I weren't so lazy, I would consolidate them all into one. But yeah, I don't want to have three. Yeah. I have two because I would not like to have three. So do that. But I would also encourage you to look at the opportunities for having a website that don't relate specifically to getting a full-time job after college. Because remember, having a website is not just a way for recruiters and employers to look at your achievements. It's the home base and the ultimate representation online of what you're about, of your achievements, of you know the industry or the area of expertise you're aligned with, of your, your thoughts. If you have a blog, you can write you know what you know, you can teach people, you can show up your work, have a portfolio, and that can help you win scholarships. So if you're in high school, you could use that to potentially win scholarships in, at college. Um, oh, yeah. 
you could use it to impress, like maybe say you're applying to go on a study abroad trip and you know, it's a competitive application process to get into the program you want. If you've got an online presence representing what you're about and you can show off your skills better than the next person, that just makes you more competitive. So I, I built my personal website when I was a sophomore and I would have done it sooner had I known that it was a thing I could have, I mean, I guess I knew I could do it, but I never thought to do it until I was a sophomore. But once I did it and once I was able to put it on my resume and send it to people, you know, and go to career fairs or networking events and show it off. Yeah, it's, it was, been, it's been very, very helpful. So I would do it as soon as possible, but the first thing, first and foremost thing is get your domain. It's like 10 bucks a year to keep and it will be worth more than $10 a year to you going forward. Yeah, if somebody steals it later and you had the idea first, you're going to be real mad. I know, right? Like this one guy, he stole this idea I had. I was going to make a search engine and I was going to call it Google. Yeah. And then they took it. Oh no. You know, and I had this other one I was going to make what are like you gonna do? I was going to make like it was going to be like a book, right? It was going to be like a yearbook. So there's like all these faces in it. So I was going to make the Facebook, but then that was taken too. Man, you're real creative. I know. How do you come up with all these things? Well, I'm I'm an idea man, you know? Yeah, you're just an idea guy. I'm, I'm an idea guy. I have so many ideas, you know, as if I could just get someone to, you know, put up a lot of money and code everything and design everything, we could all be rich, you know? Yeah. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. On to our next lame hero. Oh my God, I have so many tabs open. I don't even know where it is. Here Your it is. life is unfocused. I know, right? And it's because I'm, I'm researching like 10 different topics at the same time, which I shouldn't be. That makes no sense. This also makes no sense, Martin. This is uh, ice cream, and he can turn himself into any flavor of ice cream. But his name is I, like your eyes. Yeah. Scream. I I Y E scream. So do they do they make use of that part of the pun? Does he do anything with your eyes, or is he is that just Let's there to here. make the name look more threatening? Guess what this guy can do. Go on, guess. If you guessed, can turn himself into any flavor of ice cream, you'd be right. Yeah, he is assisted by an unstable molecular refrigeration system and he can turn himself into ice cream. That's it? I don't see anything about eyes or screaming. It So he just desperately wanted to sound scary, so he branded himself as I scream. Yep. The pun is there to make him seem more scary, but really he's just... That doesn't do anything. That's not Whoa. a power for anything. He can turn himself into ice cream and he can use that power to go underneath doors. I mean... I can't eat dairy. I suppose he could feed himself to Ooh, me. Ooh, he could. I could be uncomfortable. He's your worst enemy. The, what a... I don't know. Whatever. What is his question? Is there like a another dairy-based villain? Because if not, I think this is like the scariest. This. Imagine if he there was like... the ice cream, though. You'd, you'd have to like then choose to eat him. Unless <laughs> no. he like stuck his fingers in your mouth yeah. and turned them into ice cream. That's... Look... Sandman can fly around as sand. Maybe ice cream can fly around as a giant cloud of wet ice cream. And like, look, all I'm saying is if he was actually a mutant hippo that could turn himself into ice cream, he would be your worst nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Anywho, his question. Yeah. <laughs> a great villain. The things these people come up with. Oh, by the way, uh, his first appearance is in Obnoxo the Clown versus the X-Men. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So his question, I used to be much more creative before I had to focus on learning and I ha really haven't written much since I started college or worked on my photography, which is a little frustrating. So should I just accept it as a fact that I can't be creative now and move on 
at least until winter break, or is there something else I could do? So I guess basically this ice cream guy feels like he can't be creative because he's too busy with work. Yeah. What do you do? Actually, I'll let you, you have some thoughts on this, I bet. Well, I had a lot of things that I tried to do in college Mm -hmm. all the time, and I constantly had a super full schedule. So I guess step number one, I gave myself a specific day of the week where I specifically only thought about these kind of creative things. So Mm -hmm. I was working on my language blog, Polyglot, and what I did was Sundays were for Polyglot, and I scheduled it like that. And if I had homework, I would do it before then because Sundays were for Polyglot always unless there was something horrible that came up i would constantly set aside that time so i could be creative in it because otherwise it's really easy to get caught up in like uh yeah i can't this week because i have so much homework well guess what that's probably every week forever so if you can't make time within there then extrapolate that pattern a little bit you're not going to be creative until you stop having homework Mm -hmm. yeah i think it all comes down to making time for it you've got to schedule it in somewhere i am all for the hustle and for being really ambitious and taking on a lot of stuff. And I was that person in college and I've basically been that person ever since. But I've also realized, I think it was a long time ago, but I've tried to keep this front of mind that if you take nothing but structured, super ambitious, you know, career focused activities and just build your schedule to be nothing but that, and leave no time for a little bit of exploration or what I like to call fiddling around, you get really stressed and you feel like you start to lose your creativity. And one thing that I've noticed is when I was in college, I could sit down and be like, I'm going to teach myself this programming language, or I'm going to figure out how to do this weird thing in Photoshop. And when I started making videos, when I had less of a crazy schedule, I would just sit there and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to teach myself how to animate a thing going along a path, or I'm going to teach myself how the After Effects camera works. That's, that'll be fun to fill around with, you know, but as I take more and more things on, uh, like even recently, it's like, you got to do taxes and you got to go meet with this person and then record two podcasts, which means video is compressed into two days this week. Uh, there's no time to fiddle around. There's just use all the techniques, you know, to pump out this piece of work and get it out, you know, and I feel like sometimes that's okay because you're, it's always a balance between over committing and stress and then under committing and feeling like you're a little listless. Yeah. But I do really value giving myself time to either fiddle around and play with new techniques. I, you know, that I don't know where I'm going to apply them, or maybe I don't know how long they'll take me to learn or to do something that isn't related to my work like building a coffee table or like for you practicing Spanish or working on your language blog in the past. So you're stimulating creativity by doing some other maybe unrelated things that are just different for your brain. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when you make time for that, I think you will be surprised at how quickly your confidence in your creative abilities come back. And this comes from recent experience because for quite a while, This year, even, I was starting to feel like my ability to write had gone down. Like, I'd go back and I would read writing on my blog from 2013 or even 2012. And I would be like, this is really funny and irreverent. There's like great jokes in here. And it's just like, it's all over the place. It's awesome. Or like the book I wrote, 10 Steps to Earning Awesome Grades. Like, I am really proud of a lot of the writing in there because there's clever jokes and 
fun tangents and like this, it just is a playful style of writing. And I felt like this year I haven't done that very much. You know, a lot of my writing has been a little more businessy or just kind of by the numbers. Why is that? And uh, then I was reading Deep Work over Thanksgiving, which you just finished. Yeah. And uh, it was just, it was making this point that when you don't work deeply, when you don't make time to really concentrate on your work, and when you constantly let yourself get distracted by either shallow work, like your, my email maybe, or like you know accounting stuff or meetings that I allow to come into my schedule, or real distractions like social media, video games, stuff like that during the day. And when I don't give myself rest time, so I'm constantly in the state of work, I actually diminish my brain's ability to do that kind of good writing. So when I implemented a deep work schedule, when I put blocking software on my computer to block most of the internet before noon every day and opened up cold turkey writer and forced myself to write like 1500 words before my computer would be usable again, I found that once again, I was able to write good jokes. I was able to write with a lot more confident and you know better prose than I could earlier. Yeah, because if you're filling your time with all this all this shallow stuff, this scheduling, you're constantly busy, but if you're not doing anything that stretches or challenges your brain, then you're going to stagnate. Yeah. And really, it doesn't matter what topic you're stretching or challenging your brain in, it will probably overall increase your ability to focus, even on completely unrelated things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I don't think that people permanently lose their ability to be creative. I think that they let themselves fall into schedules and habits that don't support that kind of work and that don't support that kind of creativity. And then because they've been mired in that for so long, they start to believe they can no longer do those things. And you know what? I think people do this in a lot of other areas of life too. I think a lot of the stuff that people reminisce about as a kid, you know, I was so much more exploratory. I was so much more you could do it. cheerful and happy and willing to try new things as a kid, but now I'm not. Oh my God, what happened? I got old. It's like, no, you just let yourself fall into patterns and now you're using, you know, your recent history to confirm a belief about yourself. But that's not necessarily true. You just have to do different things and you'll find that your abilities will eventually catch up. Uh, in fact, I just got back into lifting regularly about two months ago. And I was lifting every single, uh, not every day, but three days a week. And when I started, I noticed that I was much, much weaker than I had been in college. When I was in college, I eventually got up to where I could bench 300 pounds. I could squat 275, pretty good numbers. Uh, and then I came into the gym for the first time and I was having trouble benching 185 even like two times. And I was like, oh my God, I just lost so much muscle mass. I'm, it's probably gonna take me forever to get back to where I was. Well, it's only been two months, but I've already gotten back up to the point where I could bench 225 five times, which is a huge improvement. So I think your body is going to get your body and your brain are both going to get back to the points where they were before a lot faster than you think that they will. Yeah. Cause and you, your body knows that position, you know, it's not uncharted territory. It knows you're the way not back lost forever. Yeah. Barring like a permanent injury or yeah, I don't know, getting hit by a truck in the head or something. Like if you've just let yourself fall out of it, you can get yourself back truck, into There's it. a lot of things you're not doing anymore. That's true. Um, unless you're ice cream, man. Yeah. I guess one one more thing, if you really are so busy that there's absolutely no time, maybe keep a list somewhere of things that you might do during winter break or summer mm. break. If you're like, I want to write this, just start brainstorming, just an active brainstorm list of ideas you have to write about. And if you oh, end yeah. up getting really excited by it, you might find that you 
accidentally, while trying to plan for stuff during winter break, end up motivating yourself to work on a little bit of it now. That's true. Because you took away the stress of thinking, but I don't have any time to do it now, and you just thought about doing it winter break, but then maybe you start it now anyway, because you like it so much. Have you ever had a time where you just told yourself you were going to fiddle around with something like little, and then yeah. it spiraled into a huge yeah, like project? You, you take away the pressure of knowing it's a huge project, you start this little thing, and then the next thing you know, it's like eight hours later, and it was the greatest thing you've ever thought of. Yeah. Both version four of college info geeks design which is the current one and version three the previous one were examples of that where i had intended to design like do a full redesign i was like i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna redesign the entire site and it took me months and i had like no progress yeah and then um i'll just use version three to four as an example here because it was basically the same with version two one night i sat down i was like maybe i won't redesign the site for a few months but I do want to redesign the header to have like clear menu items and a better logo. So I just started messing with stuff in Photoshop. And then once I built that, I was like, hey, I wonder what would happen if I changed the background color? And I did that and I dragged a box over the entire design of the site and then just started placing new things. And in a day, I had probably 90% of the site's design yeah. done. So and you tricked yourself yeah. into thinking there was no pressure because you're like, oh, it's a small thing now. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then immediately unlocked your creative potential Yeah, and did most of the work. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a creative person, you probably have ambitions to do pretty big things, but maybe they feel so big that you're, you're saying to yourself, I'm so busy with school right now. I don't have time to immerse myself in a, a huge photography project or a full website redesign, or I'm going to do the, you know, a sketch of this entire uh, character in Overwatch or something like Anna does. Don't tell yourself that. Yeah. Just be like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to fiddle around. I'm going to draw like half of an eye or I'm going to change the header here. I'm going to go out and take like three pictures. And once you're in it, once you're, you know, you're steeped in it, it's a lot. And you start to, to feel going. like I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hope that helps you out. Ice cream, man. All right. Now this next one's number one on the list, right? This is number one is on the, the list. This is time? the lamest hero of all time. Matter eater lad. He just eats matter. He eats things. He eats things. Yep. That yep. It? He's a 1963 superhero. Uh, yeah, it looks like he just eats through anything, and he's eating a chain-link fence here. I mean, I guess that's a little more useful than Ice Cream Man. But he's getting his iron. If he doesn't use it very creatively, that's <laughs> it's not going to do much. That could be the best superhero of all time. He think could, about it. I think he could use it in pretty good ways if he wanted to. Could he eat any matter? Like, that could be a... a can he he probably eat people with no problem. He doesn't think about it. He'll just eat the bad guys. Yeah. There you go. He'd eat the ground out from under him. He could eat their base. Brilliant. He could be useful if he tried. If he can eat any matter, does that mean that like all matter does not damage his insides? Yeah. Because like, it, I assume it means he's not going to die. From if he it. can eat like hydrochloric acid and like uranium and all sorts of stuff, he and not die. That. They could be like, here's a nuclear bomb. What do we do with it? Eat it. Feed it. Feed it to this guy. Nice. Yeah. You know what? He's, this may be the greatest superhero ever. Huh. Man. Uh, maybe ice cream is the lamest yeah, one. Yeah, he's more useful than ice cream. <laughs> he's got a burning question, though. And his question is, I'm in college for engineering, and I'm struggling to also work on a side business. So looking back, would you rather have dropped out immediately from college to focus on your entrepreneurial venture or build up the self-discipline until you reached a point where you're able to do both? What do you think it's now, entrepreneurial question. man? It's a heavy question. I have been asked very, very many times over the years, would I 
uh, have dropped out of college to work full time on College of Mogeek had I known that I was going to become successful. And I always have trouble with these kind of questions because butterfly effect and stuff. I mean, there. I think there are a lot of things, a lot of catalysts that came as a direct result of me being a college student that I would not have gotten. Uh, I wouldn't have met you. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have met you, so nobody would have weird. coded the greatest design on College Info Geek that's ever existed. I would have had to figure it out. I wouldn't have done a lot of the clubs and a lot of the jobs that gave me a lot of the experience and a lot of the knowledge that allowed me to do my blog. The thing about a blog is that it's a it's great. I mean, I don't want to knock it because it's going to help you become a better communicator. It'll help you become a better writer. It will teach you coding and design skills if you decide to, to tweak it and change it. But the content of a blog is a reflection of your knowledge and experience. And if you are only a blogger, then all you can blog about is blogging. You know? Oh, yeah. So it gets too meta. Sure. I could have read lots of self-development and business books, but and I think we have a question coming up in next week's episode about the value of reading. Reading is valuable, but only when it complements experience. And had I just dropped all of the things that were giving me experience in college to work on a college blog, I wouldn't have been getting experience in all these departments in college. So I would have been far less knowledgeable. And I think I realized that. You know, people ask me, even during college, would you consider dropping out? Seems like this thing's picking up. You're getting some traffic. Maybe you should just drop out and not do your last year. You know, go full time on it. And uh, my excuse, or not my excuse, but my reasoning at the time was, I don't want to be the college blogger who dropped out of college. Yeah, like that would ironic. be really ironic and dumb. But now I look back and I see it as like, I don't want to be the college blogger who didn't stay in college long enough to gain all the experience that gave me the knowledge I can give to other people. I mean, the only reason that I know so much about career fairs and interviewing and all that kind of stuff is because I worked in the career center and I went to every single career fair. And the only reason I know I can tell people, here's how you sign up for classes. Here's what a degree audit is. Here's exactly how the FAFSA works is because I had to work in student advising and I was a, you know, an uh, orientation assistant and I had to go through training to learn all those things. So that that's my perspective on it. But I, I want to give matter eater boy or whatever his name here yeah some more personally applicable advice here because this is that's just what i would have done but if you've got something that maybe isn't exactly what i was doing like for me it was like the experience of college directly benefited my ability to communicate advice about college maybe you're doing something else maybe you're building a, a, the next cool SaaS app or something episode two of this podcast two going way back <laughs> way back uh, was my actually my second interview with Leo Viedrich, who is the co-founder of a, a site called Buffer. Now, I met Leo back when Buffer was just two guys, uh, and Leo was one of the co-founders, and he was still in college at the time. And this was probably back in 2010 or 2011. They were like total in-the-trenches, cockroach-mode startup, two dudes. We made a tweet scheduler, and Leo's job was, as a college student, his side hustle was to go write guest posts for blogs. Uh, that's how he met me. He reached out to me and said, hey, I want to write a guest post for how students can use Twitter professionally. And I'm like, sure, because I took guest posts back then. And then uh, prior to the podcast, actually, this is a precursor to the podcast, I had a video interview series that I called the College Info Geek interview series. I only did three episodes ever, and one of them was Leo. 
and I got on Skype with him. We had a conversation. He was a student in the UK, I think, in a business school at the time, and it was a great conversation. And then a couple of years later, when I started the CIG podcast, I was like, Leo, you guys are doing great. I want to interview you again. Uh, and at the time, he had dropped out of college to work full-time on Buffer, and it was doing really well. And now, I think Buffer might have 37 employees. And I remember they're very, very transparent about everything that happens with their business. So I remember Leo posting at one point that he had been paid out like over a million dollars in one big chunk. Wow. Because there was like a ton of seed money and they decided to do like a profit payout or something. Uh, so yeah, Leo is like a success story, like a huge one, incredible. And it, it's been super cool to see him come up. But I remember asking him that in the interview, like, what would you, what would you do as a, you know, I, obviously you dropped out of school, but what would you do if you dropped out to work on your entrepreneurial venture and it failed? You know, do you think that would be a failure? Do you think you shouldn't have done that? And he said, no, because I would be able to communicate all the experience and all the work I put in going after something I believed in to the person apparently or the person hopefully admitting me back to college or the person that I may be interviewing with for a job. So you could basically say, oh, you want to know why I dropped out. I, that's natural. I see why you want to know because I'm coming back. Yeah. It's because I had a real reason. Yeah. That was really intense and motivational as opposed to being unable to handle it or mm -hmm. something. So from that knowledge, I believe that dropping out of college or you know, taking a semester off actually... Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure he said he was taking a semester off at first. And then as Buffer continued to do well, he just dropped totally because he realized I don't need college anymore. I think that is one of the least bad reasons to drop out of school or to take time off because it is going to give you so much experience as long as you put the work in. That being said, you have to have some sort of validation that this business idea is worth dropping another investment for it's an opportunity cost right you know if it's like yesterday you had the idea that you're gonna go develop a serum that turns people into ice cream people yeah because that's a power that everyone wants but you don't even have a chemistry degree and you don't even know where to get the ingredients you just had the idea clearly you should not drop out of college for that although if you had that idea and you're considering dropping out of college for that why are you in college in the first place it's pretty dumb <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Shots fired. But if you have a side hustle you've been working on and maybe you got a couple of clients or you got some profit coming in or you won an award or something like there's something there, you have some validation. Now, now this becomes an investment that has, if not a likely payoff, at least the possibility of a payoff in the future. And that becomes a much more important decision to make. So gauge the, prog the progress of your business if it's not there yet, or if you have absolutely no runway and dropping out would put you in the street, then keep working on it in your in your spare time, you know, and work hard on it. It's going to take a lot of late nights. I've been there. But if there's nothing there, stay in school, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just like if you get to the point where it's starting to work and you're like, man, this business, I'm making money, but I could make a lot more money if I just had a few more few more days a week to work on it. Yeah. And at that point, well, obviously it's working. If more time's all you need, then that's when you make that decision. Mm -hmm. I did uh, the middle option. When I was a junior, after my first semester, I quit being an RA, and I also quit my part-time job at the Campus Career Center. So that first semester, I had worked both jobs and gone to school and worked on College Info Geek. 
Uh, and then I dropped it because I thought I needed full time to work on it. And you know what happened? Actually, that was one of the big failures. I got so little done on College Info Geek oh, that yeah. semester because I had no structure. So that's another thing to think about. Number one, there may be a way that you can decrease your involvement in school or maybe decrease your involvement in clubs. If again, the business is promising and there is actually work to do that is bringing in results that you could just increase to bring in more results. But also when you're working on your own thing, you need structure. So the way I succeeded in this, the next time I went full-time is I implemented a goal in Beeminder that would force me to publish a certain amount of uh, content per week. And that's right around the time that basically every metric that you can use to measure the success of College Info Geek started to go up. So that's a little addendum there. But hopefully that helps Matter Eater Boy or whatever, or Matter Eater Lad. Yeah. We don't use the word lad it's very much anymore. Than boy. Or just older. I don't use lad too much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got more questions coming next week, guys. But if you have a question of your own that you would like for us to answer on this podcast, you can go over to our community over at collegeinfogeek.com slash community and uh, create a thread there. Now, if you do that, other people can answer your question beforehand. We usually get uh, at least a few responses on every single question, which is awesome. And that gets you even more feedback from a lot of smart people. Or you can tweet me questions at Tom Frankly on Twitter if they are short. So thank you so much for listening. You can find show notes for this particular episode over at CIGpodcast.com slash 138. And we'll have links to several resources on the website, like the personal website building guide and uh, some other career resources that we mentioned. So check it out. And you can also find links on that page to rate and review this podcast on iTunes if you'd like to support the show. That's all we got. So until next week, stay cute.